Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag NBA. Rebounded by Paul George. Five on four for the Clippers if they hurry. Bounce pass in the lane. Leonard to the basket. He throws it down with the right hand. The 2-1-3 connection has put the Clippers in front. Surveying his options and dwindling some clock. Moving to his left. Crosses over on Walker. Step back. He got it to go. Paul George from 20 feet out. Knocks it down and the Clippers lead by four. And the Clippers go on to beat the San Antonio Spurs 108-105. PK, you think they're the second best team in the West? Got no. them locked in there, or it's just nope. You're not buying it. I think they're the first best. Oh, really? Yeah. Three games behind the Lakers, but that's just because of load management and not playing their guys. They'll get them when they go head to head, which they've done in the regular season. Yeah, I don't. I don't pay attention to what uh, the standings are for them. Those two, if they're not, if the Clippers aren't interested, why should I be interested? Kristaps Porzingis. 38 points and 12 rebounds and a win over Indiana. That's after having 35 and 12 against the Rockets. Think there's any coincidence to the fact Luka Doncic has missed three games? No, I don't think it's coincidence. I think it's on purpose. I think that uh, they know and he knows, okay, with the kid having the ankle injury, that you need to step up your game. And I think that's exactly what he's done. I think it's been well intended and planned out. Can he step up his game when they're both on the court? Make the Mavericks even better? Sure. I mean, they're brand new together, too. I mean, around here, we, we cut Conley a half a season of slack. And it's really kind of the same deal. How do you get all these pieces to fit together? Memphis Grizzlies guard Dylan Brooks talking about Andre Iguodala, who is on the Memphis Grizzlies team but doesn't play for the Memphis Grizzlies team. He's waiting to be traded or bought out said, a guy that's on our team that doesn't want to be on our team, I can't wait until we find a way to trade him so we can play him and I can show him what really Memphis is about. John Morant, Anthony Melton, quote tweeted the quotes. Grudge match, PK. Iguodala, not playing for the eighth place Grizzlies. Waiting to see where he can end up, go chase the championship. Does Memphis want him to be playing? That's a good question. I would think they're battling for playoff spots. So, yeah, if it helped him get into the postseason, I would think they would want him playing. But I guess you could offset that against the they don't uh, they don't want to get him hurt if they're trying to trade him, if they think they're going to be able to trade him. So if they want him to play and he's under contract would, and he's not playing, wouldn't they suspend him? Unless that made it harder for him to trade. Seemed to weaken their leverage. I haven't made a trade, so I don't know what kind of leverage they have or how much they're asking for. Four months now. Yeah. TNT tonight, Spurs and Lakers. You want to check that out. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. We've had one signing day, and we're about to have a second signing day, the traditional one after the early date. But, PK, it's always signing day when you're dealing with transfers and grad transfers. K.J. Costello leaving Stanford and going to Mississippi State to play for Mike Leach. Yeah, I think he's probably hoping that they have the Minshew deal going on here and he can increase his stock in his last season and ride off in the NFL. 
Throw the ball over the all over the place. Maybe lead the country in passing. Win a big game or two in the SEC. Leave those NFL people drooling. Big Ten Conference ADs are supporting a one-time transfer exemption for all sports, which would allow college athletes to move from one D1 school to another without sitting out a year. Fine by me. There'd be more of the K.J. Costello stuff. You wouldn't have to get the degree to do it. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. We know we'll be a target. Not that we weren't this year. We've got plenty of things that we've got that we look forward to installing uh, this next year. Um, We've got a nice long list of good stuff. And uh, we'll keep growing. Sandy Reid talking about the Chiefs. Can they do it again? Can they go back to back? They do have 20 free agents. They have been drafting pretty well, so. See NFL, though. You never know with injuries if you're going to be able to pull it off again. Super Bowl viewership ended a four-year decline. An estimated 99.9 million people tuned in. Why can't they just say 100? 100 million people tuned in. Ended up. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Ah, the makeover of the Houston Astros, PK. Got to get the stench of all that sign-stealing stuff behind you. Houston Astros hired Tampa Bay Rays Vice President of Baseball Operations, James Click. He's their new GM. Of course, they fired their GM and the manager. They hired Dusty Baker. And now they've gone to the Rays, who've done a good job of doing more with less. They get a lot of wins, even though they're not a big-money team. They're stuck in the same division with the Red Sox and Yankees. They're one of the lower-revenue teams that's done a better job. Guys in Houston has got a little more money. They've done a better job? Yeah, than some of the other lower-revenue teams. Sweet. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up, Ben Anderson, Jazz Radio Studio Analyst, will join us coming up at uh, 830. Brandon Huffman, National Recruiting Editor for... 24-7 Sports will be here at 9.30 to talk college football. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. David Locke with us. Mike Conley had a very nice start to the game against Portland. How do you feel like the process is coming with Mike Conley getting acclimated to everything and every facet that comes with jazz basketball? You know, first of all, he was just a total pro about coming back from the injury and dealing with all that. So that's the first thing I think he deserves a great deal of credit. And I mean, he's a starting point guard in the NBA, so he's going to start. And I thought he was really good the other night. And we've seen him, you know, adjust his game and change who he is and understand, you know, what Donovan's role is and, and how it works. So I think it'll be fine. I'm not particularly worried about that. And frankly, if we're going to be good, Mike Conley's going to be a large part of it. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. What are you giving your Valentine? Make it a special personal gift from Minky Couture. Learn more at MinkyCouture.com. Question of the day up on Facebook. It's a right for BYU to continue playing so many Pac-12 football teams. 
even though the conference won't ever consider inviting the Cougars to join. Got that up on Facebook. It's up on Twitter. Hit us up, 855-340-ZONE. Grab your phone. Use the app. Use the open mic. Send us your take. Hey, don't you find it a little bit interesting that this conference won't give them a sniff but has no problem scheduling them and reaping the benefits? Isn't that interesting? Why is it interesting? I just said that, well, <laughs> that they won't consider them to allow them to even give them a sniff of joining, but yet they have no problem playing they, them. They play lots of teams they won't consider giving a sniff of joining. Yeah, but they I mean, there's, they're not, of, in the, there's, there's not lots of teams who can go independent. You're right, but there's plenty of teams who would like to be in the Pac-12, but they're not going to get anywhere near it. They're and they play happen. them as much as BYU? Uh, it probably depends on the sport. In football, football, in football all that matters. Well, football, probably not, because BYU is scheduling more games as an independent. Other people are scheduling four games. And really, they're only scheduling. And so pick your team. Name any team that you think would be. Boise State, Fresno State, San Diego State, Hawaii, BYU. And if they played an independent schedule... Would, would they play three would the Pac-12 12 be going into Boise to the level that they're coming into Provo and allowing them to come into their stadiums? Boise draw, draws about 25, maybe 30 on a good game at home. There's no attendance spike. There's no increase whatsoever. They've played some of the Pacific Northwest schools, but nobody else is going up there. Yeah. And here everybody is coming up. And wanting their t- uh, the Cougars to come into their stadium, I don't. I don't think it's. A, I think it's an obvious deal. I don't think it's a. It's a question that they wouldn't be scheduling at the rate, even if those teams, all of those teams, were independent. I don't think it's any question about that. They want the Cougars in, but yet they won't even consider. Let, letting them join, but did they reap their benefits? Basically, they're willing to. We don't want to be associated with the Mormons, but we'll be associated with the Mormons when they can put more money in our pockets. Yeah, that's the deal. And BYU needs twelve football games, and they need games that their fans are going to pay to see. The USC game was exciting and the best game on the schedule, so I expect BYU is going to keep scheduling them. Well, I don't think there's any question about that either. That doesn't make it less hypocritical that both sides are using each other. Convenient. That's a marriage of convenience, for sure. Lucrative. Yeah. If I were BYU, I'd feel a little queasy about it. Do you think they do? It's certainly not carried out in the way they schedule, but I guess you could feel queasy about it and then pick up the phone and schedule them anyway. They just extended the Stanford deal, and they right. haven't done it with USC. And Tom was – he didn't talk directly about it, but he kind of alluded to it. I guess he did in one answer because you're talking about how USC has had a change in administration. Basically, paraphrasing him, you got to let them settle in and see where it's going. And that USC deal might hang on whether Notre Dame – he didn't get into this because now you're talking about other schools' business publicly, and you don't want to do that. But it might hang on whether Notre Dame and Stanford sign a longer-term deal. I think they're getting near the end of their deal. If they signed another longer-term deal, then I would expect BYU and USC would too. Yeah. I. I but if they I don't, understand. then that one, you know, we might not see that one for a while. Yeah, but there's plenty of other teams that they're going to play. They got your Devils on the schedule pretty quickly. Yeah. 
I don't think they're done. Are they done with the Arizona series? They nope. still got a game hanging out there with that still too. Next they year a, in Vegas, they need a yeah, neutral the, field site, right? And they've had they just they just rotate through those schools. Yep, is all it is. You know, they do the home and home, and with the Arizona, one drops off, was, another one hops yeah, on. Yeah, so it's just a it's a rotational basis. If I were a BYU fan, I'd be bugged that they won't even consider us, but yet they've got no problem reaping the benefits that we provide to them. People posted on Facebook, Ben says, never say never. They could use a team like BYU to strengthen their weak conference. Yeah, they'll never consider them. Are you kidding me? You can say never. BYU is too politically incorrect for them. And that's the point. We hate you, but because you give us money, we want you. <laughs> Where's your principles? If, if they're not this land grant, whatever the hell that means, research institution. <laughs> so if you're not that, you're not getting in. But we can't. And even if you are that, you, you might not be getting. We in. can't associate with you, but yet we'll play you every year. Yes. I mean, you're all about fairness. TV people are about justice and fairness and the right way. Does that seem right? That we'll, we won't give you a sniff, but come on over and we'll take the money that you bring in. We'll play you home and home. <laughs> Let's do it. Because you bring in, when you go down to SoCal or wherever, down in the desert. You're good for 10,000 fans. Yeah, right. Michael says, I'd rather play the Pac-12 than the Mountain West Conference. I love the diversity of schedule that independence brings. The fact is, they, they tend to play... But on average, three games against each team, against each league. I have three Mountain West schools and have three Pac-12 schools on the schedule. Yeah, I think you love the diversity because that's what you have to say. You can't say, man, I hate playing these teams. I don't give a crap about. Well, if, you, <laughs> if, you, if you don't play those half dozen teams, then you're going to play the teams you really don't care about. You're just going to put Middle Tennessee State back on the schedule or UMass back on the schedule. Nobody really wants that. So if you have three Pac-12s and three Mountain Wests and then you just try to pick off a Big 12 or a Big 10 here and there, and you're pretty close to having the schedule done. You're going to have one money game, so I guess you can bring in some big sky school and pound them and not have to return that game. Yeah, and they do that. Right. Yeah, But, I mean, you have to tout... What you have. Yes. And Sell what you got. And so this is... We play all over the country. Yeah, yeah you'd, you'd much rather play these teams in conference games. Mikey says you got to do whatever you can to increase recruiting and bring in the best players. He doesn't say it, but he pretty much implies, well, the high school kids get excited when they see the USC game and the Stanford game and whoever else they're playing. They're trying to recruit Arizona, so to play Arizona and Arizona State seems like a no-brainer. Yeah, I, I just don't know one game makes a difference in recruiting. So, I mean, you, you may go down to Arizona twice in your four-year playing career. And that's I, – I just don't see that where that makes that big of a deal. I think playing time is what people are about. And most of these grad transfers and transfers – they're spurred on by lack of playing time at school A and the potential of more playing time at school B that they're going to. 
Well, they haven't quite finished the schedule for three and four years out, but they are cutting back on Pac-12, and it'll be interesting to see if people still find those schedules exciting and if they win. And and when they finish these games, because they need a couple games each year, I think, you know, they, it may end up being Pac-12 teams that they plug in, in which case they could be right back there playing three a year. But in 2022 right now, well, they got two. They got Stanford and Oregon on the schedule there. In 2023, they only have USC for the Pac-12 on the schedule. So it may drop off a little bit. And maybe they will trend away from it, but I, I don't, I don't think so. Less travel, sexy opponents, games that Cougar fans are going to pay to go see. Because I don't think they have any chance to go to the Pac-12. I think they got zero. I agree. So, do you wh- think anybody in the West has any chance to go to the Pac-12? Is there anything that makes you think it's going Pac-14? I don't think they want anybody, unless they get Texas and Oklahoma, and that's it. But other than that. They're not letting in Fresno and San Diego and Boise and BYU or Hawaii or New Mexico, whoever else is dreaming about it. I mean, they're not doing it. Okay, but I don't really care about Fresno and UNLV and San Diego State and all that. Sorry, but I, that, that, that you may care about it, but I don't. I care about the Cougars. Uh, I'm thinking what's in BYU's best interest? Is it in their best interest to repeatedly play Pac-12 teams or is it their best interest to try to build relationships with Big 12 teams? Well, when you're scheduling 12 games, you can do both, but I would say Big 12 because there's a chance it could go to the Big 12. Now, it's only a chance, and they could be locked out, and the Big 12 could stay at 10 forever. Well, Tom Homo, when he spoke the other day, he said they don't need the Pac-12. That was a little later on, Yock, uh, uh, on that uh, thing that I told, told you about yet last night. It was about a minute or two later. He says, we don't need them, uh, but why wouldn't we? schedule them our fans want them would they want and I, and I and I agree with that to a great extent but how about trying to develop relationships with with the pack with the big big 12 if you can that'd be great I think there's a bunch of bunch of teams in that league the BYU fans would obviously be thrilled to go see Texas and Oklahoma but I think TCU still has a rep here Baylor was up. They were down. They're up again. As long as they're decent, people would flock to see them. So, yeah, sign some of those teams. Would that be better than Pac-12? No. Well, better how? I mean, better to build a relationship, yes. uh, But better as far as would people flock to see them? I think... think Cougar fan would flock to see anyone from either one of those schools. I mean, if it came down to you had five home games scheduled and you were going to plug in one more, which one should you plug in? It'd probably come down to the school and how they're doing. So you use the word flock multiple times there. They would flock to either school, either conference? No, I think they would I think they would rally around the bigger brand names in each conference. Okay. It's, you know, the, if you have a chance to bring in USC or Iowa State... I know the jerseys look the same, but bring in USC. But if you have a chance to bring in Texas or uh, Colorado, bring in Texas. Well, which they have, right? So I'd go for the I would go for the top of each league rather than the bottom of each. So league. it's commensurate. The top of the league and each yeah. league would draw the same, and then you knock down the various tiers of the conference. They'd all be the same. I would think so. If it's all the same, then why then not build do a Big relationship 12? with the Big Twelve? Yeah, play that, yuck. Um, we, we would, sure. 
I mean, it's it, sometimes um, discussions like I'm going to give you an example, but not that we had a uh, we were working on a two for one with a, a really big time school and people haven't asked about that lately because we haven't done them but it, it was just it felt right it was an interesting school we've never played them and we were really pretty close they called me and we worked and we worked we worked got down to the end and it didn't work out it was probably about a six month discussion and it had to do with their conferences scheduling and how we could best fit it. We have a lot of flexibility in those matters. And uh, it didn't work. And at the end of the day, I said, well, let's give it a try some other time. I would not be surprised if it came up again. But it didn't work that time. So I, I just think that... Um, let me, what was specifically the question about USC? Because so, you just U, so USC, I would the Notre Dame issues. The, yeah. the USC said we go back there, and now we would we do it again in a minute. The question is, what's their philosophy? I mean, they have a new AD that's in there. They have a whole new department. It seems like of administrators, a senior leadership team, and so the question will be, what's their strategy going forward between their administration and their football coach as to who they're going to play? That's what it comes down to, is what's our what's our strategy? Yeah, I'd like to see a strategy maybe go towards the Big Twelve. If you look at their schedule going forward, as far as home games and teams coming in, they don't have a lot of teams from either conference coming in. I mean, there really is more of a national spread out. This year, they have a Big Ten team in Michigan State. They got an SEC team in Missouri. They got the Mountain West coming in with uh, Utah State and San Diego State. Houston from the AAC and North Alabama in the money game. And they got to do what they got to do, too. So I, they've got to field a competitive schedule, and I think Tom's done an excellent job with that. Uh, but I think that the future, obviously they want in the Power Five in whatever form that resembles going down the line, and who knows what changes are available there and will actually take place in the coming years. And the Big 12's yeah. the best bet. So whatever you can do with the Big yeah. 12. And I think things are built upon relationships. Yes. And the, the short-term, you know, exciting games and flooding the field when you beat SC, and that, that's all great and everything, but what, what is it there? What, what, what are you gonna, getting out of that long-term? Well, beating SC at home and having the TV networks excited to put you on at one thirty on a Saturday afternoon, awesome. which is not technically prime time, but in the college football world, it's prime time. It's it's a big deal. It is a big That's deal. That's an important time slot. I was at that game. It's, it right. was awesome, man. Everybody loved it. So if that builds your rep and says you're big time, then it's a positive. Well, I think that they already have that. They're, they're one of the few schools that ESPN would be interested in getting, the, certainly out of the non-Power Fives. That, and putting in a time slot like that. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, I think they've already proven that, that. that you never stop building. I understand that. That's what it's all about. You're, you're constantly building. Uh, the greatest of the great, they're always building too. So the rest of us certainly are always building. But I would like to see this, this program get to where they are in that Power Five. And with that in mind, what's the best way of going about it? it build relationships and whatever. You know, the, 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 the people in the West, they already know about the Mormons. I mean, they're, they're out there. 
They, they interact with them. They're, they're all over the place. I'm not so sure as much as about other parts of the country uh, in the Mountain West here, obviously, too. But going the more east you go, the more uh, anything confusion, the, doubt, question it, about it. Anything in the central and eastern time zone. Yeah. And so build relationships. Hey, that we're, you know, we're okay and we're work, we're, you can work with us and we'll be a good partner, those types of things. And I would like to see them go towards building something because they've got some time left before the contracts are up. And I think it's imperative for them, you know, by the middle of this decade that we're in, to be settled. I mean, can, can you afford to go 15 years? Well, it was Bronco who said independence was not sustainable. Right. And he took off. Because he told them it wasn't. And that's part of the reason. I was just talking to somebody with BYU the other day about this very topic. And, and they said to me that they, were, uh, they respected Bronco for having the stones to say, well, this isn't going to work. I'm out of here. So in the next five years, BYU has one home game with the Big 12 and two home games with the Pac-12. And that's 30 home games over five years. Now, a few of those aren't scheduled, but I would say they've got at least 25 of them scheduled. Probably about 25 of them. So there's a few slots left. But most of these games in the next five years are committed. And one or two home games, that's, that's not very much with either one of them. I'm thinking road games, actually. Those, to me, they're more important. To have your people go there. And so they can see you on their turf because that's what it's going to be like. Most okay, of the well, folks got, of the Big 12 are not going to be coming to Provo. So in the next five years, they got a home and home with Baylor. Yeah. And, and I would like to see them increase that. That's, that's my point. It. Yeah. I would like to see them go where they can start at the ground level and work their way up to getting where I believe they deserve. I believe they deserve to be in one of these conferences. Certainly, as much as half of the teams that are already that in. just got in historically yeah. and don't really move the needle. Right. And we can all run through them. We know who they are. This institution as an athletic program collectively, I think it belongs with the opportunity to regularly compete with the best. Not just have a, you know, a here and there. And if recruits are excited about these schedules, we'll just think how they, much more they'd be excited if they were in it. All the time. And you're in November and, you know, you need this team to lose. You play earlier in the day and then you all settle around the television because you need that team to lose. And then you're uh, in first place with one or two weeks to go. That's what's fun for the fan base that you want. You want to entertain your fan base. I mean, bringing in SC and beating them was just absolutely awesome. But it's a one-time deal. You want... You want it regularly, and you want, oh, man, we got to pay them back because they got us last year. They knocked us out of this or that, whatever it might be, last year. We got chipped. The, oh, that, that block in the back that they didn't call against uh, Pettis when he turned that uh, thing around the corner and brought it in for a touchdown against uh, in Rice-Eccles a few years back. We all remember that, that the Utes got jobbed. It takes a while to build all that. And over the course of a decade, I think we're starting to see the Utes build that. Certainly, losing to Arizona State gets under their nerves all the time. Losing to Washington. I think you get kind of on the same your deal. nerves. Under your skin, on your nerves. You're right. Yeah, okay. 
but I mean, still there's schools that, but still the point being there's made. schools that still don't i don't know that if oregon state moves the needle and they show up colorado's supposed to be the rival well, if you want they don't 12 show games of moving the needle you're probably yeah. not going to get it I mean, when Alabama is playing Citadel and Nick Saban is complaining because the fans <laughs> leave in the middle of the second quarter. We're going to have an app and we're going to see who's in their chairs in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So little, I don't know. Kind of taking the fun out of college football. We, we all get that, that there's not going to be 12 scintillating games right down to the end. Uh, that's understood that that's not going. I mean, Utah had hardly any of those games this year. And you're beating the tar out of everybody. So... The fourth quarter was garbage time in almost all of their conference games, <laughs> one way well, or the other. Either they well, were getting worked against Oregon or they were working everybody else. All the stuff you're talking about, you know, it's you schedule long term and you plan way out there. The next two schedules are set, and the next two schedules that after that only have two spots left. Yeah, I know. This, so, this work, this should have been done. I get that. I, I understand that. But I still want them to develop a relationship with someone who wants, would be possibly interested in developing a relationship with them. To me, these, these Pac-12 schools, they're exciting in the short term, and it's great. And if you can get a scheduling agreement with them, maybe that would be the best. But I don't, I don't even know that they would do that. that that's the funny. The, the Pac-12 will, will just condescendingly pat you on the back time and time again. I think if there were going to be you want anything from them, nope, we're not going to I think if there were going to be a scheduling agreement, it'd already be done. Notre Dame has a scheduling agreement. They're Notre Dame. But even when the Big Ten and the Pac-12 tried to do it, everybody wants to do their own thing. Everybody wants to be in control of, we're going to do what's right for us and what's right for you doesn't work for us. I thought there was a lot of sense to that Big Ten Pac-12 thing, but nope. And it just comes down to USC and Stanford saying, well, we've already got nine conference games and we've got a, uh, a Notre Dame game and now you're going to put another game on top. No, we want to do our own thing. And I just don't think the conference will do that. Obviously, they're not. The Pac-12 isn't going to do that. <laughs> that's that's. It. I don't think. I know. <laughs> they, they they want no formal association with the Cougars. That's the essence of the whole argument. But yet they'll be willing to ske- schedule them. When they first came into the conference, Utah, Larry Scott might have been the first home game was up in Rice Eccles. No, nope, we're only grandfathering Notre Dame. They're the only ones who can play after the first three weeks of the season. That was oh. a little. Little insight into how it was really going to go under Larry Scott. Yeah, I mean, he was just laying. I was standing right next to him, and it was feel good central then because the TV deal yeah. and the money, and it sounded great, and the money looked great. Now the money's turned out to be less, and the Pac-12 distributions jacked up. And he made it. It was authoritative, and this is the way it'll be. And wrong because he yeah. and didn't he didn't figure out. he didn't think it through. No. Oh, so now we need somebody. Uh, uh, BYU, <laughs> BYU, sure, take us. We'll do it. That's how they got Stanford and USC. But get out of my face. Well, they got Utah a couple years back, too. Uh, And they got Cal. Played them at the end of the season. So it's more than Stanford and SC. It's whatever. We'll use BYU, whatever we can use for with them for our convenience. And the Cougars say, yep, we're in. I would just like for them. And I know it's not practical, but one time say, bleep you. Well, that wouldn't be the BYU way. <laughs> Forget you. you. We're good enough when you need us well, on it, your terms. 
They're slowly building towards that. I think Utah and Stanford are the only teams they've scheduled out there. We'll see if they add more. Or if they're going to go play the Arkansas and Virginias and Rices of the world. Yeah, maybe they're spiting themselves and they can't do it. And it's not in their best interest because they have to look out for themselves what they think is in their best interest. And I agree, their fans are excited when they play these schools, uh, particularly if they can get uh, a return game or games. I understand all that. But to an extent, and I'm a Pac-12 guy, it does bother me that BYU is allowing itself to be used by the Pac-12. But is BYU using the Pac-12 at the same time? It's not, the, it's not the best deal and the one you really want, but is it still a pretty good deal for BYU? Because well, that would be why they're be doing because it. They're, but, or was but, it only a good deal in the first decade of independence, assuming dec- that this is going to go on a long time, because you know, they had to schedule a bunch of games quickly, and that's just not easy to do. So you take who you get. But you get into the 2020s, there are fewer Pac-12 teams on the schedule. And even though he doesn't want to, you know, Go to the top of Cougar Stadium and yell it across uh, That's Utah Lavelle Valley. Edwards Stadium, buddy. You're right, Tom Homo. is scheduling fewer Pac-12 teams, and maybe that is part of the reason why. Or maybe they're just more committed to, hey, we really do have to take BYU all around the country. So if we have a chance to go to East Carolina and Central Florida and Virginia and wherever else up and down the Eastern Seaboard, you got to go do it. I don't think they have to go to East Carolina. They're going to. I don't think they have to. I stand by my statement. I don't. I don't think they have to go to East Carolina. I. I, I don't. I have no idea how many Latter Day Saints are just clamoring to watch BYU play in Eastern Carolina. I couldn't tell you. I, I think that they can go into the region in three, four hours. People will will go, will go see them if they're that big of a fan base. Having been to those places and see the teams travel like they do, they fans if you're that into it will travel four, five, six hours to go watch your football team. I think we saw that when BYU played Tennessee this year. I mean, there were two big patches of blue in the stadium. Yeah, and that's around the country. You know, they'll go. I was there for a Utah basketball game, Kentucky, and Tennessee was playing at Kentucky. And my gosh, the amount of orange that were uh, was around. I stayed in the, the hotel that the Tennessee fans took over. And at 3 in the morning, they were still going strong. And so they'll travel uh, within a radius that's probably, I would say, I would venture to say six hours any which direction. That's a lot of people. Yeah. there's a lot of towns uh, 90 minutes apart from each other. Yeah. Cincinnati to Louisville, 90 minutes. Cincinnati to Columbus, two hours. And so the, those folks, so I don't think the Cougars need to go into a specific spot. They can go into a region and draw them, which is why they freaking deserve to be in, because they can. And I don't want to hear, well, it's just church members. So what? Who cares? <laughs> Who cares what the connection is as long as there's a connection? Butts in seats, tickets paid. They deserve to be in one of these power conferences. And the sooner the better. And the bottom line is it bothers me that the Pac-12 just snubs their nose at them, whatever that expression is, and just says, forget you, 
but sure, we'll play you. And Stanford, Stanford was supposed to be this academic elitist institution, and they, they're all about these things that BYU isn't. But let's play eight games. Yep. <laughs> because when you come to Northern California, your folk flock to our stadium, and we hardly get anybody in our stadium. Even when we have good teams, we suck at attendance. You watch a Stanford game, my gosh. They played somebody this year as a conference game late in the year, and I was watching it, and it looked like there were ten or 15,000 people there. And I mentioned it uh, when we go up to Kyle's press conference on Monday. You get there early because Kyle walks in, and then it starts. So you're there a few minutes early, and I'm talking to Dirk Facer. And I mentioned that, and he said, you know, I know somebody there, and so I called because I thought the same thing, and the person told me it was 12,000 and something. Yeah. Well, last one, when Utah played there the year before last, when Jalen Johnson had the 100-yard inter- interception. Is that, that where you looked across the My stadium? wife came, and we, we went with some friends who are Ute fans, and I'm just killing time during a commercial break. I was big binoculars, right? And I just randomly look, and I saw them. You could pick them out. And they had the, the guys had their legs over the next row. They could have, each of them, gotten horizontal and still had plenty of room. There's nobody there. So, of course, you're going to have BYU in. I'm not, that's it. I'm not bathing until Utah gets, or to BYU gets into Power Five. Look out. They deserve it. Bathing? Bathing. Oh. Right. I'll just wear plenty of cologne. Okay. <laughs> this is like France in the 1700s. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Talking college football recruiting with Brandon Huffman. Coming up at 9.30, be here for that. Ben Anderson's here to talk jazz at 8.30 on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Listen Wednesday for your chance to win Journey tickets. Journey will be out on the road next summer with the Pretenders on an extensive North American tour featuring all new production and hits from start to finish. Your chance to see them live is May 21st at USANA Amphitheater. Tickets are on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com. Right on. (laughs) I don't know what that meant, but fine. Doug tweets at us, hey, I'm not sure your question takes into account the money BYU generates by receiving bulk quantities of Pac-12 decals and flags in those game contracts and then turning around and selling them at full price in Salt Lake. <laughs> okay, that's good. I you like that? Yeah, that's, I thought you might. That's decent. <laughs> Dan says, it seems that the Pac-12 is willing to be a noncommittal boyfriend to BYU instead of committing to marriage. So is the Pac-12 friends with benefits for the Cougars? Yeah, there it is. <laughs> I legitimately have had a friend describe it as that over the years. Are they non-friends with benefits? Steven says BYU isn't petty like the Pac-12 non-friends with benefits. <laughs> the, the ultimate booty call? Yeah, well, it doesn't seem like they're really friends. <laughs> they don't want to so-called get in bed with BYU. Obviously, they would run the other way. Uh, Steven says BYU isn't petty like the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is very hypocritical. 
They say they're inclusive, but if you disagree with their politics, they'll shun you. At least BYU admits how they are. So what? They're we're we're exclusive. <laughs> that's right. What does BYU admit? Uh, we don't like you. They will shun you. Yes, they will admit publicly <laughs> that they will shun you. Whereas the Pac-12 will shun we're you, out. but they don't really want to admit they're shunning you. Okay, so it's okay if you admit it. Okay, so to the whole, the Pac-12. I hate is, people. The Pac-12 is go now. <laughs> that's right. Well, clear cut. The Pac-12 is very hypocritical. Isn't college athletics? I mean, don't we just see hypocrisy in college athletics over and over again? In what way? We're here for the student-athletes and the NCAA tournament. Okay, that's one. You're here to make money. It's big time. At the highest level, it's big-time sports. If you go to D3, maybe that's the balance that we'd all like to assume there is. And I don't know. I'm not following that close. Maybe there isn't there. But certainly at the highest level, North Carolina's academic fraud, what, what happened? The coaches on the FBA wiretaps, they all have jobs. Coaches say they're all about the kids, and then they just pick up and leave the next job. In the case of football, before the season's over, you guys need to be all in. But I'm not. That last bowl game, I'm gone. And I'm taking half the staff with you. Good luck in that game, guys. I'm out of here. I mean, we could just go down the line. I mean, they're, so just they, do whatever because everybody's wave, hypocritical, they, so it they, all washes out. All kinds of schools have all kinds of exceptions. Athletes who don't meet the standard to get into the school academically, but they'll let you in. You have some exceptions because they help the team. That's routine. I don't know if there's a school that doesn't do that. Maybe some high end Stanford and, and Rice and Northwestern don't do it, but Stanford and Northwestern won a football too much. I'd, I'd, I would bet on Rice before I bet on Stanford or Northwestern. Vanderbilt. Or even Duke. Duke's gotten better. Vanderbilt. Yeah, I'd bet on Rice and Vanderbilt if I had to. Because they're not winning enough. But the fact that so they Vanderbilt must be doing it right. But if Vanderbilt can win three SEC games to get to six and six, they probably have exceptions. <laughs> BYU has exceptions. Tom Tom talked about them. It, it's commonplace. So I think if you want to find hypocrisy, you don't have to look very far and go ahead and look at your favorite school, whoever your favorite school is, because your favorite school is doing it too. I mean, the fact that you hire a gazillion tutors and make them available to the student-athletes, are those tutors available for free to the rest of the student body? To, to PK, who's uh, working at the park at night and driving across town listening to Sports Talk Radio with a dream? They have a bunch of free tutors lined up for you to make sure that you stayed eligible and on track to graduate? And we're doing all kinds of stuff to enable yeah, the team, did. the school, to win. The, the tutors came with me on the road, too. Yeah. I was at the park. Road we, trip. They stood there. Everybody everybody were going over to the park. I got to turn off the lights. Can't we put that on a timer? Yes, in 10 years, but not now. Now we need someone to actually hit the switch. Uh, sure. Yeah, everything's hypocritical. Fine. It, it, once you have money involved, self-interest always take over. What's in it for me? So How do I is. protect my money? But that's around the world. That that doesn't stop. I mean, that that's in every business and every, so then every BYU, office in the world. BYU should just go out, schedule the games, build the relationships to get into the best conference they can, yeah. which to all of us looks like the Big 12. Exactly, yes. And if along the way you play some games with the Pac-12 or the ACC – or the Mountain West That's to fine. make you more attractive to the Big 12. That's fine. Then play yeah. those games, and if someone says you're hypocritical or you shouldn't, you just kind of smile and shrug and move on because it's 21st century and someone's always tweeting at me about how well, you suck I don't at think, something. I think BYU is the least amount of hypocritical in this. I think the Pac-12 is big-time hypocritical. 
Either you're going to associate with them or you're not going to associate with them. Is there anybody who won't play? Have they played every Pac-12 school now? I mean, they don't play really. They haven't played Colorado, nor are they about to, but I think they did. I'm sure they did, actually, in the ni- early 90s. Yeah, they haven't since I've been here, and not that I can recall. Uh, yeah, but I think they did in the Detmer years before you and I both got here. Uh, maybe in a bowl game? Uh, but, yeah, the point being, they, they've played everybody else uh, that I can recall. And, and that I just find it the Pac-12 wants nothing to do with BYU except they'll just take their money. Uh, but once you get money involved, it, what, your your values and your morals and your standards, yeah, they get a little bit looser once once money gets involved. I think BYU needs to set themselves up as best as they can and make themselves as attractive as they can because they have so much to offer and they have way more than really when you think about it the average power five program or at least they can match match the average power five program maybe they can if you combine matching and exceeding how much do you get you get to 50 percent of the teams 60 percent 40 percent of what all they have. I mean, there's a reason why Mark Few just loves having BYU in this conference. Because it's the closest thing they get to an NCAA tournament situation. You know, with a crowd, a real crowd, and a, and a real arena with backdrops. An arena, not yeah. a gym. Right. There's fans behind the basket, not doors. Right. I've spoken to Mark Few about this extensively as recently as last March. St. Mary's provides quality opposition, but you're still in a 3,500, 4,500-seat gym, whatever it is. Right, and it doesn't prepare you as much, and Gonzaga has big goals, justifiably so. But go shoot in the arena. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and that that venue and that setting Saturday night was absolutely awesome. I'm sure St. Mary's folks, they, they didn't like losing, obviously, but I bet you they loved being there. Who wouldn't to be in that environment, in that place rocking like that? And you're on national television, right? What, what was that? That was on one of the ESPNs, right? Was it two? I believe ESPN two. Yeah, yeah that was sweet. Hey, I mean, they lost the game, so be it, but it was sweet. And you're better off having experienced it than beating Portland by 32. <laughs> That's just how we see the bleachers. You know, they get the, the camera underneath the basket. And mm-hmm. so you see, and you can see the bleachers at the other end, and they're pushed back against the wall. No point in pulling those things out. <laughs> they're just folded up like a JV high school basketball yeah. game I was in. Like, oh, yeah, we'll pull those out for the varsity. Right, we right. don't pull them out for the JV. That's just, that's just you know, your, your friend and your uh, brother and, you know, maybe some parents. Yeah, exactly. As somebody who would, the, the old guy who shows up early for the varsity game because he's got nothing in, else in to do. In your case, the slew of high school girls. <laughs> That's why they didn't pull him out. But they came the out. The slew of high school girls shows up for the varsity. They were all kind of. They don't show up for the JV. You know, four or five of them see if they can get an edge on the others, looking their best, starting to get ready for the game at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> All right. When we come back, the Utah Jazz. We got Bennett coming up at 830. Fix what ails the Jazz. Get them on track. Stay with us. It's 97.5 and 1280 the zone.